Hallelujah. The sixth chapter of the book of Judges, reading verse number, at verse number 11. Judges chapter 6, reading at verse number 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak tree which was in Orpha that pertained unto Joash, the Abizarite, the son of Gideon, thrashing wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Dropping back in chapter number 6, and let me read it, verse number 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens which were in the mountains, and caves, and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown, the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them, and they encamped against them, and destroyed the increase of the earth, till thou come to Gaza, and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. For they came up with their cattle, and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into a land and destroyed it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of, the Israel, of Israel cried unto the Lord. Going to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 12, and let me read at verse number 15. Jeremiah chapter 12, reading at verse number 15. Pardon me, verse number 5. Jeremiah chapter 12, reading at verse number 5. If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with the horses? And if in the land of peace, wherein thou trustest, they weary thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? Let me read it again. If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace, everybody say in the land of peace, where thou trustest, the scripture said, they weary thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan. Would you pray with me right now? Master, I need your strength and I need the inner power of the Holy Ghost tonight to help me preach this message. And I want you to deal with every heart in this building for I feel tonight there's the word of God in this for folks in this building. And I want you, God, to move and I want you to stir. And I want you, God, Lord, to help me preach as I feel it in my heart from you. In the name of God, encourage the faith of the saints of God. And those that might not be saved in this building tonight, let them reach for you, the only sure strength of salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I have read to you from the chapter 6 of the book of Judges about a very precarious situation dealing with with the children of Israel. Now let me note you something right now, folks. We are in this world. There's nothing we can do to get out of it except die. 
And I don't think any of us are anxious to do that. Sometimes our body is racked with pain. Sometimes there are sicknesses that grip us. Sometimes there are problems that arise that we say literally from our mouth, well, I wish I was dead because I wouldn't have to face this problem. But really in your heart, you don't want to die. There's probably not a person in this building who right now, if someone walked in this building with a pistol and stuck it to your head and said, I'm going to give you your choice to live or die, I doubt if any of us would look at the old boy and say, well, I'd rather die. I imagine every one of us would say to him, sir, I think I'd just rather live. If that was the way to buy life, then I'm sure we would give the words that it would take to buy life. But I realize that this life's not easy, folks. I want to tell you that right now. You're not dealing with, with a life without troubles and a life without heartaches. As long as you live and walk in shoe leather, you're going to have problems of some sort. You're going to deal with things of life that not always will make you feel good and will not always be encouraging situations. You're going to deal with some times that will be hard to cope with. You're going to deal with some times that's going to be rough, times that are not going to go smooth. There'll be times of financial difficulty and then there'll be times that it'll look like feast and the other time it's going to look like famine. That's just the general run of life. All of us have those times. This is just the part of everyday living. Sometimes we never could ask for a better day and then there were some days we wish we'd have never had. That's just simply part of life. But Israel was the kind of folks that they had fell into some tremendous, tremendous trouble. According to the word of God, for seven years they had been turned into the hands of their enemy. For seven years they had been persecuted, prosecuted, they had been smitten, they had been spat upon, they had been beaten, they had been troubled on every side. For seven long years they had planted crops and not one time was they able to harvest those crops. For seven years they had built houses and seemed like when things was going well the houses would be torn down. So they resolved to building them places in the mountainside and lived in caves like hermits. They would plant their seed and sow their crops and it seemed like when it looked like a bountiful harvest was about ready to take place that all of a sudden things would go sour and things would go wrong and the enemy would sweep down out of the mountainside. They would bring their tents and they would camp around about the fields of Israel and the Bible said that they're, they're, they were like grasshoppers. Their camels were like grasshoppers. They were an innumerable host that would sometimes flood against man and Israel would stand back on the hills and could absolutely do nothing as they watched the enemy devour their grain and shock their own wheat and pull their grapes from their vines and pull the olives off of the trees and there was absolutely nothing they could do about it. I'm not talking about happy times but I'm talking about discouraging moments. Times when life didn't even seem worth living. Times when it didn't look like, friend, that they had anything to live for. What they held on to, I do not know. There was a glimmer of hope there somewhere. So the next year was repetition of the other one. They would go out once again and plow their fields and plant their crops and they would till their ground and they would prune their trees only at the end of the year at harvest time to have the devil come in like a flood and take everything 
everything away from them. Discouraging moments of life racked their soul. Many a mother cried herself to sleep at night in the mouth of the cave in which she was forced to dwell. Many a baby had done without food because of the impoverished state of Israel. They were brought down low till they absolutely hardly had anything to live on. It was a very, very troubled time. Somebody said, Preacher, it's awful hard to live for God in times like that. But I promise you one thing right now, friend, that the Word of God said that this God which we serve would never leave us and would never forsake us. But lo, He'd be with us always, even to the end of the world. So we're not dealing with a God who does not care. We're dealing with a God who understands the human sorrows of life. We're dealing with a God who knows, friend, when men are down and when men are having problems and when troubles come. We're not serving with a God who's not concerned. We're serving with a God who's concerned about everybody in this building. We're talking about a God who looks and sees you as an individual that he died on the cross of Calvary for. So God will never ever leave you stand by yourself. Israel stood and it looked like there was nothing left to stand for. The very words in verse number 6, amen, of Judges, this, this sixth chapter, said that Israel was greatly impoverished. Impoverished means that they had become very poor, that they really didn't have the substance of life that they had needed, that they were really, really not happy, that things were not going very well with Israel at all. I've had times in my life like that. You've had times in your life like that. You say, but oh, Brother Willis, not me I'm saying yes you if you live in this life any times at all you're going to have down times and troubled times and discouragement times you're going to have times that you'll cry yourself to sleep you're going to have times that you'll weep and sob in your heart because you know things are not like they should be but if I can admonish you anything tonight at all let me say to you don't lose your confidence in our God don't lose your confidence in Jesus Christ Christ, for a God is a God of the mountain, hallelujah, is still a God of the valley. He's a God that understands and cares, and a God that will never, ever, ever leave you alone. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My God, my God. We are dealing here with a people who the Bible said were the apple of God's eye. We're not dealing with just anybody. We're dealing with God, people that God really, really loved. I want you to know if you're under the sound of my voice tonight, there is a God in this place who really, really loves you. Nobody else might not give you true love. And nobody else might not let you understand what it really is. But I'm saying tonight that God that's in this building is letting you know what true love divinely is. True love is a love that never lets you go. Somebody said, but preacher, it's been awful rocky and things have been kind of rough in my life. I understand that. I want you to know, friend, it'll probably be like that till the Lord comes. But let me tell you how he's going to be. Amen. David said he suffered not, that my foot slipped. Amen. He's going to be right there with me. In the time of my trouble, all I've got to do is call on that God and that God's going to supply. He's a God that'll never let me stand. Somebody said, preacher, sometimes I feel like an orphan. I want to say to you, friend, you don't have to feel like that. There's a heavenly father who claims us all, who loves us all.
to God. Israel was in extreme trouble. I don't know why the Lord dealt with me tonight about this message, but I feel like there's some, some folks who are going through extreme trouble of life. Oh, friend, I want to say, amen, I've been there. Hallelujah. I've walked the lonely road. But remember that in the time that you walk the lonely road, there's an unseen friend who's walking close beside you. There's somebody who's always there seeing your needs and hearing your prayers and knowing what you're going through. There's somebody right there that maybe you cannot lay a visual eye upon, but God's standing somewhere near and he's saying to you, listen, go on. When it feels like I can't make it, there's an encouraging voice from heaven. When it feels like Israel was about ready to die. There was a little old fellow who'd go down there named Gideon. And the scripture said that he hid over by the wine press. He had gathered up some of the wheat that the Midianites had left. He had gathered some up that they had left behind. And he was thrashing out, hiding from the Midianites, afraid at any time the oppressor would come and take his life. But he was thrashing out something for his children to eat. They had left behind a remnant. Oh, folks, let me say to this church tonight. Sometimes it might look bleak and sometimes it might look dark but God's still got a remnant. Hallelujah. He's never left himself without a witness. He still has a church and he still has a people and he still has power and he's still a healer. He's still a way maker. He's still a supplier. He's still God and he has not changed and he never will change. Hallelujah. Midian got over behind the wine press, thrashing out wheat, scared to death at any time the Midianites were going to come. There he was. Somebody said, oh, preacher, he was a coward or he would have never hid. I want to say one thing right tonight. There have been times that I've come to God and I have said, oh, God, hide me in your blood, not because I'm a coward and not because there's fear in my heart, but I know there's safety in the blood of Jesus Christ. And I've come to God and said, oh, God, let me thrash out some Holy Ghost wheat. And I've got in the blood of Jesus Christ. And I have found a place of safety and peace. Gideon got down there and was working him hard. He said, I've got to hurry. The Midianites are going to come any time. This is a rough time in my life. But oh, friends, sometimes when the clouds are darkest and it seems like it's not going to be any good day, all of a sudden here comes the angels of God dispatched from the heavenly world. And on the wings of love they come, bringing the answer that you've been looking for for a long, long, long time. Hallelujah. And the Bible said the angel of the Lord came over and sat down beside Gideon. And he said, Gideon, thy mighty man of valor, here you are, you're feeling like you're not worth a flip. Here you are, you're feeling like nobody cares. Here you are, you're feeling like nobody understands. Here you are, you're feeling like nobody's interested in you. There you are, just trying to survive. There you are, just trying to get by. Oh God, what a desolate feeling it is sometimes to feel like nobody else is concerned except you and feel like nobody else cares except you and that you're living on the verge of a great catastrophic happening and you don't know what to do but all of a sudden there as you're hiding yourself in the blood there comes an angel of God to you and the angel said to 
valor. And Gideon thought, here you are calling me a mighty man of valor. I'm hiding behind the wine press. I'm sitting underneath the tree threshing out the sweet. And you call me a mighty man of valor. I'll tell you, friend, what God saw. God didn't see the trembling flesh, but God saw the determined heart. And God saw the determined soul. And God saw something in Gideon that he could use right there. Hey, Gideon, let me tell you something right now. God sees something in you that nobody else can see. You're going to come out of this thing and you're going to win the victory. You're going to feed your family and everything's going to be all right. It amazes me back in 1949 and 1950. My father was out of work for one solid year. Every day he beat the streets. Every day he walked looking for work. The work situation was down after the war. The economy was rather low. My dad went looking for a job. He had three hungry boys at home and a wife to feed. And he got feeling pretty bad because he couldn't find any work. I remember dad never say nothing in front of us boys, but he would come home and he felt low and dejected. He felt like he was, he was just worthless. He was about 35 years old or so. And he felt low and dejected. Here he was, a strong man that had spent most of his young, lively days working in the coal mines, laying flat of his belly, shoveling six to eight tons of coal a day. There he was now. Nobody wanted to hire him. And the place he worked for had closed down and there was no other place open. And I know my dad and my mom laid in bed at night and my dad felt sorry and dejected. I never will forget when the preacher brought us food, five or six baskets full, took him out of the car and carried him to the door of the house. I've never seen a man that looked so whipped and so humiliated as my dad. But oh, give him a glimmer of hope that somebody really cared in the time of his trouble. And up until the dying day of my daddy, he never forgot that. I don't know how many times that my soul has been so far down. But all of a sudden, the angel of God comes on and he brings to me a ray of blessing and hope. Folks, let me say tonight, we're not serving a God who's not concerned, but we're serving a God who's concerned. We're serving a God who loves you and a God who cares for you and a God who'll never leave you stand by yourself. Never will forget the testimony of Sister Clark. Sister Clark testified in the state of Texas. Her and her husband went to work on the campground. When her husband loaded back up his tractor onto the truck, she said she watched him. He went over and he just fell down dead. She said he had a heart attack and he died. And she said, there I was. I went over to him. There was no breath. There was no life. Said all of a sudden he'd give a shudder and his eyes rolled up into his head and his body went stiff and he just fell backwards, nobody around. And she said, I straddled his body and I began to scream, God, God, give me back my husband. She said, I was the lowest time that I ever spent in all of my life. She no doubt felt like Gideon did in the land there where he was. She said, I just screamed with everything I had. Said when the neighbor lady heard the screaming, she came and we tried CPR we tried everything but he was dead there was no life left in him he was a goner they called the life squad and the life squad got there but she said brother Willis we prayed and we sought God said I just screamed with everything I 
salvation if you know God, hallelujah, that God's obligated by his word to hear and answer your prayer. Folks, let me tell you, there's an advantage of being saved. There's an advantage of living for God because when you get down, our God is bound by his word to help you in the time of your trouble. Sister Clark said that her husband was dead. He was gone. There was no life left in him. I know he was dead. The lady who came knew he was dead. I watched him die. I said, I prayed and said, God, don't do this to me. Here I am about two or three hours from home. Here I am away from the house, away from the church. Oh God, just me and my husband, that's all we are. Just us out of here by ourselves. God, I want you to hear and I want you to answer prayer. How Gideon must have felt behind the wine press. Have you ever felt like that, friend? That there you were, hammering it out by yourself. You didn't know what you was going to do. But all of a sudden, friend, you called on God. The dispatcher in heaven heard you call and got on heaven's radio system and said, send an angel down in a hurry. One of the saints of God is in trouble. And all of a sudden, friend, there comes an answer, hallelujah, where you least expected it to come. Sister Clark said, my husband was dead. He was gone. I watched him die. He reared up and fell back and his eyes set in his head. And I screamed to my God. And I said, oh, God, please, don't leave me like this. God, please. And she prayed for several minutes. Finally, when help arrived, it looked like that was it. She said, I kept praying harder than I've ever prayed in all of my life. When they looked like it was going to load him up and haul off his body, all of a sudden there was a Holy Ghost shudder ran from the top of his head under the sole of his feet. All of a sudden that dead, lifeless, cold body began to move and the presence of God began to hover in that old campground. And all of a sudden the hand of God came down and when the shudder went through by the clock, the life of God was breathed back into him. He opened his eyes up, hallelujah. He spoke your name and she said, I knew that God had found me down there in the middle of nowhere and God had answered my prayer. Gideon said, God, I need help. Now, Gideon's situation was a bad situation. I want to tell you something, folks. You have run through some bad situations in this life, whether you're saved or you're unsaved. There have been times that have been tough. But let me drop a word of warning to you tonight. Right now, you're just contending with the footman. We're in a foot race right now. What we're running right now is not the tough part. Did you hear me? We're running through the easy part. America is a blessed country, no doubt. We live in a democratic country. There is a democracy here. We can come and go as we please. But what if in our situation of America, there became a dictatorial government that took control? What if it was so that you could not leave your house without permission? That you couldn't buy your goods without a socialist card? What would it be if things were different than they are right now? Friend, I'm telling you, we're just running with the footman now. 
This is just baby play compared to what it could be if God tarries very much longer. We were in Chile here just a few days ago and right now the Communist Party has it all set up. If their Communist leader takes control of the election next month and the Communist leader is put into, into office, they already have their Communist cards printed. The children must swear allegiance not to the Baptist Church or the Catholic Church, but they are teaching them right now to swear allegiance to the Communist Party. They are teaching them that it's the Communist Party that put food on their table and put clothes on their backs. They are telling them that without this card that they're going to receive, that they cannot buy or sell. Hear me, church, we're running with the footman now. Gideon was just running with the footman. Yes, he was. He was going through a tough time, all right, but it was a simple problem for God to solve. But I'm telling you, things can get worse. Problems can increase. Troubles can get tight. This government turned clear around, and the United States of America could find itself in hot water. Then what are you going to do? If the problems we face right now are too much for us to handle, what are we going to do when things get tough? Listen to what the writer said. If thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee. Hear me, folks. You don't know what trouble is. I want you to understand that you don't know what trouble is. But we run with the footmen and we get wearied. Brother Willis, I live for God, but it's just too much trouble. You don't know what trouble is. Brother Willis, I'd serve God, but there's too many heartaches. You don't know what heartaches is. I heard Sister Fuentes telling the young people the other night that during the communist government back in the 70s, she said, we went down the street and I saw them. They shot the girl in the gut right beside of me. She fell over dead on the sidewalk. They were trying to take everything from us. Oh, friend, let me tell you something. We're just running with the footmen right now. The horsemen are coming. And then what in the name of God are we going to do? We claim, complain because we don't have air conditioning. When more, a lot of the world has never seen electricity. Hear me, folks. You better learn to lean on God. Troubled times are pressing this world. Troubled times are coming like we have never seen in all of our life. And right now, we're just marking time with the footmen. Some of us are getting wearied and we're saying, I can't take it anymore. But I want to tell you something, friend. The horsemen are going to be far greater to contend with than the footmen are. Did you hear me? The horsemen are going to be far greater to contend with than the footmen are. We can walk in the doors of the house of God anytime we please. There's nobody standing out there saying you can't come to God. Friend, you can come to God anytime you please. Did you hear this past week that they busted a hole in the Berlin Wall and they're going to tear it down and people are fleeing to freedom? It's a guise of hell. Friend, I want you to know that. It's just making way for the horsemen to come. That's why you'd better come to God brother still time and you that's got God had better hold on and not let go but we're getting weary folks are falling away from God like this they're falling away from God for some simple reason they cannot contend with the footman but I promise you the horsemen are coming there are bills in Congress that are going to affect this church right here the legislators are working on bills that will affect 
you serving God. Did you hear me? The devil is snitching away religious freedom. He's pulling your chance of salvation out from underneath your feet. He's pulling your desire to live for God away from you. Listen, folk, we don't have a trouble worth kicking out and saying we're not going to serve God for. We not, have not gone through a trial that's big enough that's worth throwing up our hands and saying, what's the use? We have never went through, friend, a battle strong enough to block the faith of God that we need to possess in our heart. We need, friend, to hang on. Don't let the footman weary you. Don't let them run you into the ground because I'm telling you, the horsemen are coming. If you look around you and you'll see that times are mounting up like the Bible said. The Bible said you cannot contend with a footman. Hey, man, you can't contend with a horseman. The Bible said if you trust in things of this life, praise God. If your own trust in the land wearies you, preacher, I love God, but I'm getting tired. What are you going to do when Jordan begins to swell? Hallelujah. What will you do, folks, when your children are sick and you can't go down to the drugstore and buy medicine to get them well? There's coming a time that it'll be just like that if God tarries. What are you going to do, Father, when you won't be able to go to work unless you're a member of the party? I'm telling you, you better live for God right now. You better live for God right now. Never in my life have I ever felt such a burning desire to please God. Never in my life have I ever felt such a burning desire to have the mind of God in my life. Never in my life have I ever, ever felt the powers of hell attacking me physically and mentally as they are in this day and time. But I'm going to hold on because I know this is just the footman. I know, friend, that this is a preview of coming events. I know right now that tomorrow hell could open the floodgates and you and I would be thrown into a turmoil like we have never seen before in our life. Let me say that all of these union-busting things and these pickets are just a drop in the bucket compared to what it's going to be in America as time goes on. If there ever was a choice time to get right with God, now's the time to get right with God. If there ever was a time to come and say yes to Jesus Christ, now's the time you don't have time to give up you don't have time to even debate it you don't have even time to think about it if you got time to do anything it's time to serve God with everything you got the angel of God walked into this building tonight when I walked in here the angel of God came with me and I'll tell you why because there's some folks in this building tonight who they're getting weird with the footman friend and you can't afford to do that they're coming Amen. The devil likes to see you when you're weak and he'll punch you with everything he's got. Gideon was down. He was down low, but he still tried. Somebody said, Gideon, give up. Just let your family starve to death. Gideon said, no, sir. As long as a few grains of wheat are left, I'm going to make an effort to please my family and to feed them. And he went over there behind the wine press. Folks, as long as you've got strength in your body, you need to do your best to live for God. Don't give up. Don't let the devil get you down. Don't pass by your opportunity to get saved. Don't say no to God. Come while there's time. And say, yes, God, I'm going to run. I can make it with the footman. I can contend with the footman because I know the horsemen are right on the other side of the horizon. Brother Fuente said the other day that he went downtown in the middle of town. He looked down one street, there came the communists. Up the other street, there came the army. 
And then the middle was a bunch of kids, a bunch of young people who had made their mind up to live for God. He said, when they came, they drew their guns. They pulled out their rifles. And they waded into the midst of us and began to hit people in the head. Began to break their arms and their legs. And he said, I ran with everything I had and escaped. I ran into a building and he showed me the building he ran into in Santiago. And he said, Brother Willis, for four hours I hid. And fear gripped my heart. Four hours I stayed there because I knew if I stepped outside, my life would be snuffed out. could hear the cries and the screams of those laying in the street. But I knew that I was in trouble. But I want to tell you something. That was just a portion of what was to come. Finally, after four hours, he snuck out of the building and escaped back to his home. And he said, from that time on, I never went into the city anymore. God got a hold of his heart and filled him with the Holy Ghost. Folks, don't get weary. I sense there's some weary folks in here tonight. My God, don't get weary. The horsemen are coming. If you'll open your spiritual ears, musicians come tonight, you're going to hear the clip-clop of the horse's hoofs. Because time is running out and the coming of the Lord is nigh even at the door. Jesus is coming. He said, Preacher, I felt like giving up. That'd be a foolish thing to do now. Preacher, I felt like I can't make it another day. That would be a foolish thing to do now. Gideon did not give up. As a matter of fact, he held on and became a great and valiant man with the hand of God. Gideon, with the hand of 300 men, defeated the entire Syrian army. God supplied his food. God supplied his needs and his babies never went hungry again. Tonight, folks, the call of God's going out. The horsemen are coming. I promise you that. Time is pressing us right now. If we're ever going to get saved, you're going to have to get saved in a hurry. If you're ever going to come to God, young man, young lady, you're going to have to come to God in a hurry. Time's running out. It's been awful rough living for God, preacher, yeah, but I want to tell you something. If you'll hold on, reward day's coming. And all the trials and tests you went through, all the burdens you've had to face and carry, God's going to reward you on the other side. The horsemen are coming. If thou hast run with the footmen, they have wearied you, Jeremiah said. Then how can thou contend with the horses? And if in the land of peace, wherein thou trustest, we're living in the land of peace. America, America, God shed His grace on thee. Folks, if you'd saw the housing that I have saw, if you'd saw how millions of people lived, that Joel and I have seen in the last couple of weeks. You would say, America, God shed His grace on thee. And in the land which you trust, in the great United States of America, the land of peace, if you've got wearied here, if America, you can't live for God,
If in America you can't stay saved. If in America you can't hold on to Jesus Christ. Then how are you going to do, friend? At the swelling of the Jordan. They say when the Jordan overflows its banks. The land and the valley become so murky it's almost impossible to walk. But what would happen in America if there was another economic crash like there was during the fall of the stock market? What if there was another depression? What if there was another civil war? If you can't live for God right now when it's peaceful, I'm afraid you're not going to make it if things would get rough. I'm asking you tonight in this service to consider God. If you're living for God, I'm asking you to hold on to God. I'm asking you tonight, if you don't know God, and you maybe once knew Him, why don't you come back to God? Say, God, if I ever needed strength, I need it now, because Jordan's rising. The horsemen are coming. I can hear the sound of an onslaught like we've never felt. Now's the time to get right with God. You know, we can preach the gory details of the, of the hell and that doesn't disturb folks. <coughs> because Hollywood has painted such gory sights in their pictures that blood doesn't disturb America anymore, neither does gore. But if I can just get you to think about eternity, that ought to shake your soul. Because folks, you're going to spend eternity somewhere. And tonight I'm telling you, the horses are coming and the Jordan's swelling and the end of this thing is wrapping up and God's getting ready to come after His church. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to say yes to God or are you going to just give up and say, oh, I've done it for so many years now and the Lord hadn't come and I'm just tired of fighting the battle. He had census. Hold on to God. Make your mind up tonight and say yes to God. As the girls sing, God wants you. The angel that walked in this building tonight, the angels that encamp around about them that fear the Lord are here tonight to find you hiding behind the wine press, trying to thrash out meager fare, and God's saying, come on. Let me add purpose to your life. Come on, let me show you what I can do. Let me show you what things can be changed. The horses are coming, folks. And the Jordan River's swelling. Why don't you come to God? Would you bow your heads and just think about it for a moment, please? This is a land of plenty, and I've already said that, but folks, it's a golden time to live for God. Right now, get out of your seat. I'm telling you, God still loves you. Gideon said there's no hope, but he held on. I'm asking you tonight, reach up and get a hold of that big hand of God. 
praise God, the angel's coming to your seat right now. The angel of God standing beside you right now. And he's saying to you, come on, ma'am. Come on, sir. I know things have been bad, but come on. Let God show you what he can do. Let God prove His love to you. Come on, let God show you that there's strength and there's power. Because everything you need tonight's in Him. Absolutely everything. Right now. Get out of that seat. Oh, what a call of God I feel. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Come on, God. Sure, it's been rough, but it's going to get tougher, but God's going to be with you. Sure, it's been hard, but I've never left you alone. Come on. Come on, if you don't know God, get out of that seat and come on. If you're not saved, please don't sit there. The horses are coming and the river's smiling. And friend, we got to hold on. There's others in this building. The angel's waiting on you. I said the angel's waiting on you right now. He's waiting on you. Come on. Defeat your pride. Defeat the devil. Somebody cares. Somebody loves you. Somebody wants you. You're listening to a preacher tonight. He wants you to get right. I don't want you to go to hell. Come on. The horses are coming, the river's rising. Come on. Come on, Mom. Come on, Dad. Come on. something tonight friend I'm not going to embarrass you by coming to your seat tapping you on the shoulder and say would you come and pray you know why because I feel like the angel of God has already done that for me I believe God's already tapped you on the shoulder and I believe God's already given you an invitation the only thing I'm going to ask you to do right now is to respond to that call would you right now? I'm going to ask you right now. Would you get out of that seat and come? Come on, that's it. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. God's moving. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Love is moving in 
this building. Come on right now, saints of God. Come on. Come on right now. Find you somebody to help them pray. Jesus. He'll come down. 